I'm Sandra, and I'm just the professional your small business was looking for. But you didn't hire me because you didn't use LinkedIn jobs. LinkedIn has professionals you can't find anywhere else, including those who aren't actively looking for a new job, but might be open to the perfect role, like me. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't visit other leading job sites. So if you're not looking on LinkedIn, you'll miss out on great candidates like Sandra. Start hiring professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash achieve today. Welcome to John Edmonds Cosmos Unimpressed Podcast with Gerard Heron. So the idea we have here is the Unimpressed Podcast. Now, I've known John... Uh, before he was a digital media mogul, uh, we actually combined to co-produce and pitch a um, a pilot, a television show called uh, The Unwritten Rules. And that was about five years ago, John. And yeah. um, I, I tell a story. You know, I was, uh, was a young comedian at the time. And uh, we were staying at the Standard in, in West Hollywood. The best pool in, in all of Hollywood. John's got us staying over there. And right across the street from the standard is none other than the world famous comedy store. Now John has never produced comedy in his life, right? You would never never run a show. You'd barely even been a fan of comedy. And what what did what did you do uh our, our last night after we spent all day pitching uh TBS? Do you remember what you did? Uh I rolled up into the um comedy store and said, Hey, you get my boy on. <laughs> walked up to the front. Walked up to the front desk, asked, and told the lady, "Hey, my boy's a comedian. He needs to get on." They were like, "Yeah, don't work like that." Do you know who I am? Let me speak to your manager. Yeah, all right, you can speak to the manager. Yeah, right. li- little did they know, not even a year later, you ended up getting me on at that very same comedy store. Where I went on behind and after none other than Theo Vaughn. You would know that if you had stuck around, but <laughs> but yeah, John, I rolled out. But John Cosma is forever unimpressed, and that's the name of the uh, other podcast. <laughs> he gets me on the comedy store. It's like uh, it, it's one of the three best comedy clubs in the entire world, and uh, you know here I am on a show with Theo Vaughn. Really, really excited. And I, I figure my buddy would would sit there, record the set, take a couple pictures. Nah, we, nah. we didn't record anything for that thing. No, nothing. Huh? No, nothing. Not really? a thing. Yeah, That's you were fun. gone. You were you were you were gone. You were done with comedy. You were like, "What do you need me to do your set for you?" I was like, "No, watching it would have been nice." But... <laughs> oh, and you did the Laugh Factory then too. That's right. That's yeah. right. I, I bombed the Laugh Factory. That was a horrible set. I did terrible on that show. That was. Uh, I recorded but, the Laugh Factory. Yeah, I recorded that. That was I a didn't cool. Stay there. You know that that was a cool set. The the Laugh Factory was. Um, I did. You know what's what's strange is that I did really really well at the Comedy Store. Um, did really well. Did a lot of crowd work. Uh, and then for the Laugh Factory, for some reason, I, I changed all my material and I tried to make like. LA centric material, mm-hmm. um, you know, and it, it went so poorly. It was like it would, it, I was such a poser. I wish I could have that one over again. I don't. I don't know why I did that, but uh, you know, you live and you learn, man. I mean, it's it's um, 
it's strange. I have a lot of history on that boulevard there. And, um, you know, it's at one time I had an office in the Taft building uh, at the corner of Sunset and Vine. And I had this partner who was a little elaborate. And uh, she felt like she wanted to spend $6,000 a month for Mick Jagger's, Mick Jagger's old office. Yeah. That's, <laughs> yeah. that's some overhead. Yeah. I had Mick Jagger's old office. It was palatial in the Tap building, right at the corner of Sunset and Vine, across from Capitol Records. Um, when we were trying to do, we were developing a project with Nick Cassavetes. At the That's, time, we probably, we probably didn't need probably didn't need that office for sixty grand a month. Well, Nick Cassavetes, Nick Cassavetes is the the son of you know Hollywood legend John Cassavetes, right? He also, uh, in his own right, he he, uh, he directed the Notebook, right? Yeah, directed the Notebook. He uh, he did uh, Alpha Dog with uh, Justin Timberlake, which was Justin one of one of Justin's first films, and he actually recorded a lot of music. Uh, with Justin when they did that project. Did, oh, did he really? They wrote some music together. So it was a interesting time in my life. Um, uh, you know, I thought I thought I'd made it, and I thought uh, everything was rolling. I can remember we had a meeting with uh, Nick. He came to the office and. Hiring for your small business? If you're not looking for professionals on LinkedIn, you're looking in the wrong place. That's like looking for your car keys in a fish tank. LinkedIn helps you hire professionals you can't find anywhere else, even those who aren't actively searching for a new job but might be open to the perfect role. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't even visit other leading job sites. So start looking in the right place. With LinkedIn, you can hire professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash achieve today. Hold up. What was that? Boring. No flavor. That was as bad as those leftovers you ate all week. Kiki Palmer here. And it's time to say hello to something fresh and guilt-free. Hello, fresh. Jazz up dinner with pecan-crusted chicken or garlic butter shrimp scampi. Now that's music to my mouth. Hello? Fresh. Let's get this dinner party started. Discover all the delicious possibilities at HelloFresh.com. This show is sponsored by BetterHelp. We keep a lot of emotions bundled up inside in life, and sometimes we got to talk to people. I witnessed the benefits with my own two eyes. I have a close friend that was struggling with depression and felt like she had no one she could consistently talk to because of her busy schedule. She was matched with a therapist through BetterHelp. After several months of sessions, I've seen a tremendous change in her personality and in her life. If you're needing therapy and, and want to get some of those things off your chest, it's entirely online and designed to conveniently work around your schedule and empower you to be the best version of yourself. Just fill out a questionnaire and they will align you with the right therapist. Get it off your chest with BetterHelp. Visit BetterHelp.com unimpressed today to get 10% off your first month. That's BetterHelp. H-E-L-P dot com slash unimpressed. I went out to go to the bathroom. He came in the bathroom behind me. And he said, uh, he looked at me and says, Nikki does what he wants to do. What is that? Uh, what? Yeah, I thought that was interesting. 
That's what he said? Yeah, he said, Nikki, Nikki does what he wants to do. And while he was pissing beside me at the, uh, at the he office. Wiped, said he wiped his nose and walked out. <laughs> yeah. That was, uh, that was pretty, pretty cool. Pretty cool. Uh, pretty cool memory. You know, there's a lot of memories I had there. Um, well, I was how, in how, how the hell did you get from Asheville, North Carolina to L.A., man? Uh, Asheville, well, we, uh, born in Asheville and then I, I grew up in Forest City, North Carolina. And then I played baseball in college. I went to a, uh, a, a JUCO, uh, number one junior college team in the country. And, um, very, we had a great team that year. Uh, us and Lewisburg were the top two teams in the country, one in South Carolina, one in North Carolina. Uh, I run a six, seven, sixty, had a cannon from center field, could pick the ball up from the fence and one hop it to the plate at home. Vlad Guerrero uh, style. Yeah. And um, I thought I was on my way in sports. And when I went to Spartan Methods, I met, met a guy named Danny Frisch, who was best friends with Eric Neese. Uh, Danny was Mr. Basketball in New Jersey from Ocean Township. And you're bigger than most people think you are. What are you, about 6'4"? Yeah, 6'4". Yeah. Yeah, and, and me and Danny became very, very close, and that was my first experience hanging out with guys from New Jersey, and they ruined my life. And now <laughs> I live in New Jersey. <laughs> and Tale, now I live in New Jersey. Tale is old as time, baby. Tale is yeah. old as time. Don't, don't, uh, you know, don't, don't get stuck around those Jersey boys. Yeah, that was. Uh, they used to crack on me how I used to dress. Eric Neese, man. I know, I know that name, Eric Neese. Eric Neese. Yeah. Um, Eric Neese. Yeah, Eric Neese was on the very first Real World. Host of the grind on MTV. MTV guy. Yeah. The MTV guy. He was big. Yeah, it was huge. And uh, we started, you know, we would, when I became friends, it was really my sophomore year uh, when we, me and Danny became close and we would go hang out. Eric came down to North Carolina did a big event at uh, Carowinds, and uh, that's when we started hanging out. And after that, and we I can remember being at Carowinds, and there was probably three thousand girls chasing us, like the Backstreet Boys, through Carowinds and uh, near Charlotte, North Carolina, is like a theme park, and we yeah. were and we were throwing out T-shirts, you know, just to get away from these girls. Is this like one of those MTV Spring Break things? Yeah, he he would do these parties around these different theme parks around America, and uh, that was the first one. And then we started hanging out after that. And I've known Eric; shit, I've known him now for well, that's uh, twenty twenty years, twenty five years, something like that. I've known Eric a long time, and that, dude, that's, that's a dude that was like everywhere, all over everything, and they just like fell off the face of the earth. It like MTV just went away and. Like, yeah, he was huge. He was huge. He uh, he had uh, what's the director's name that uh, directed the Batman with uh, 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 George Clooney? What's the guy's director's oh, name? Nipple Batman. Yeah, that's Joel Schumacher. Schumacher. I remember Joel. Joel, Joel Schumacher came up to Eric. In oh, I said he did. In the city, in Soho, because uh, I think Schumacher was gay. 
and uh, he, he liked Eric, and he offered Eric uh, the Robin roll on the street. And uh, the, the the Chris O'Donnell Robin roll? Yeah. Yeah. He offered him the Chris, the roll, but he offered him the roll, offered Eric the roll first. And then Schumacher, is it Schumacher? Is yeah. Joel Schumacher, yeah. Joel Schumacher. He put the put the casting in motion. And when it got back to Clooney's people, uh, Clooney squashed it because he felt like Eric would overshadow him on screen. And really? And then that's when they cast, um, what's his name? Chris O'Donnell. Chris O'Donnell. Yeah. Chris O'Donnell was a big, big actor at that time. He had done like the English patient and all this other stuff. And yeah. he's another guy fell off the face of the earth, man. Hollywood brother here today, gone tomorrow though, dude. That's yeah. You gotta, don't always think that money will be there. Yeah. You know, it's a business first. And a lot of people forget that and get, I call it the vapor. They get caught up in the vapor and, yeah, sometimes you have 26 shows booked and then uh, somebody eats a bat in Wuhan. And <laughs> yeah, I know, man. going on now, you never know what's going to happen. So yeah, yeah this is work. Yeah, and and uh, this has definitely been a lesson in savings. That's for sure. Uh, yeah. So how long were you out in L.A. for, man? Several years. I, was, uh, I went out there. I was with um, – I was doing stuff for Red Bull. And had a partner. It was weird, uh, Jeff Pacosta, and we were we partnered up. And we—that's another story. It's like we made before Red Bull was Red Bull. We were the head production company for their motocross division, and we brought enduro racing to America. And when we brought it to America, it's first time it ever been seen. It's like these guys riding motorcycles over rocks or whatever. Mm. Uh, and Travis was a big Travis Pastrana was a big X game star. First Travis Pastrana, yeah. First time Travis had been on TV outside of the X Games because I worked with Travis when he was like 18 years old. He was a young kid. Wow. Um, but it was an extreme. The enduro racing was very extreme. You know, event. Then we were the first company to bring it to America. And, Another and, MTV guy, though. Travis Pastrana was always on with, like, uh, Bam Margera and the CKY guys and Jackass and everything like that. Well, I, yeah, I, I should have never I, – I left – I got tired of listening to motorcycles. I should have never left Red Bull before they became Red Bull because right after that, uh, we were actually working with Greg Godfrey on the, the Nitro Circus idea. Greg pitched it to MTV. And I'd already left, and MTV picked it up, and that, that, wrote, <laughs> that wrote the history of the Nitro Circuit. Damn, yeah, and it's um, it's a, and it's a small world too. I mean, ironically, the the attorney Kim Parks, who was head of business affairs for Nitro, he did all the extreme, uh, you know, be the lawyer for all the extreme types of things. He was the lawyer for Nitro Circus, and then Kim Parks ended up being my one of my biggest influences in my life and mentor. Yeah. Uh, and I was involved with that prior to even knowing him, and sometimes circled back and hooked up with Ken. And Ken taught me a lot about legal and legal things in entertainment and so forth. So, yeah, it was a it's 
it's been an interesting run and now we're doing uh now we're in comedy you know you see uh Red, Red Bull with the Ch- the Chive TV just signed Red Bull to an exclusive digital deal for like fifty million dollars over the next five years. Really? Yeah, they, uh, they're they're gonna have all their content. Uh, I guess their content is housed on like NBC Sports and stuff like that. But now it's gonna be housed on on the Chive TV. I guess the Chive is gonna make a big OTT push. Um, so you know, that, I guess that's the next step for the Chive, and and they're gonna. They're going to have all of the uh, extreme sports and digital properties of uh, Red Bull. So, you know, you, you, you set them up. You set them up well. <laughs> well, when, when we did, you know, when we did those, when we did those titles, we had Baja Diaries. We had uh, the uh, Endura at Erzberg, uh, Freestyle Prague. When we were doing these titles, they used to, they used to have a similar simulcast in Wahoo Tacos in California. Mm. Uh, and Wahoo Tacos was a restaurant that would play action sports on their TV uh, while you're eating. And that was uh, something that was new for action sports because we're the first people to bring storytelling to action sports. And then we were we hooked up with Dosi, and Do- I think her name was Dosi Andrews at uh, Impact Videos. And we had that run because at that time, when Red Bull was trying to get in the game, all they wanted to do is uh, for us to air these, um, you know, these these things, these episodes like the Endurators, Bird, Freestyle Prague, Baja Diaries, they wanted a time slot on television. Mm-hmm. So we would air them on Outdoor Life Network, which is now NBC, part of NBC, and they would give us the footage for free. They said, you can have the footage, do whatever you want. So we would take that footage created DVDs after yeah. after they paid us for the production. And then we were on that uh, video, you know, that uh Can you imagine DVD if it was YouTube and Facebook back then and you'd be able to get <laughs> use all that footage? To, yeah, right. To, to, now, to now you can't even – I mean, we got Travis. Travis was trying for free. You know, he's Mr. Evil Knievel. Mm. I mean, I couldn't, I couldn't turn on the camera around him now. Yeah. You know, because back then all they wanted was the exposure. Yeah, yeah. And all the all the talent was free. Uh, they just wanted to be on television. So it um, times have changed, and we never knew Red Bull would be what they be would be today. And they're just Red Bull is just a marketing company. Mm-hmm. Um, they outsource the actual energy drink. They're from Austria, and is they that are, right? yeah, Red Bull is from Austria. The actual headquarters is from Austria, and they outsource. Um, they outsource the the actual drink and have it made by a different company, and that's how Red Bull started. Now, did you did you get to go on location? Were you in Prague? Were you in Europe? Were you? Yeah, actually- I was in Erzberg, uh, Erzberg, and um, in Prague and in Mexico. Yeah, I went to all these places. So you're in your twenties. You're hanging out with Eric Nice, getting chased around by all the the MTV uh, VJ groupies. You're filming on location uh, for Red Bull and, uh, you know, traveling the world on location as a digital producer. That's a pretty, this is a pretty cool story living in LA, you know, with a freaking, uh, with with place on Melrose, man. You know, <laughs> this is not a bad, 
on Sunset. It's not a bad way to spend your twenties for for a kid from Forest City. So how how did how did all of that how did all of that come to an end? And how did you come to Jersey and then get into comedy? Well, when I we never when we never made the movie with Nick Cassavetes after I left Red Bull like a dumbass. We never made the movie, and um, now you just now you just left Red Bull. There wasn't another thing you had. You just were like, I I, I got to leave, or yeah, I mean, I was just I don't know. It just you got burnt out, maybe. I, I wasn't burnt out. I just wanted to do something different. I didn't. I didn't know if motorcycles was. Um, I wanted to do motorcycles for twenty years. You know, but we knew everybody. I mean, we used, I used to sponsor, Bang Productions used to sponsor uh, poker events at the MGM during uh, when they used to have the big motocross events in the in the uh, Coliseum there. Uh, and I'd have Pink there, Kerry Hart. That was when Kerry Hart had the big show, Inked. Oh, yeah, uh, yeah. He had the big show, Inked. It was in the Palm. Um, so we knew all those people. And uh, Ron Sheckler. He was 14. He used to run around with us. He had a $300,000 Rolex on. He used to wear at 14. And um, he was a young kid, but those were some crazy times. And Jeff Pacosta, his wife, ironically, was at the CW. And now she's, I think she's head of the Fox Studios, head of Fox Studios in comedy. Yeah. Tracy Pacosta. Hi, Tracy. Hi, my name is Gerard. I'm uh, you know, from... <laughs> So there's, yeah. there's people, I mean, there's people I know. I mean, I used to go to Tracy and Jeff's house. Tracy didn't like me very much because I thought it was a bad influence for her husband. But uh, <laughs> she's, uh, she's a player. She's a player. So it's been uh, circling back later. How long has that been? That's been 2006. Shit, that's what, 14, 14 years ago? Mm-hmm. 14 years ago and now we're in now we're in comedy solid mm-hmm. got some good things going on we got a network of 15 million people it's uh we're excited about moving forward it's all good yeah i mean that's that's quite the story man and and so the name unimpressed just so people know um <laughs> we we were out in la together um this was the, the second time that we were out there. And uh, John was – now, instead of us pitching shows, John was getting pitched. And uh, there was one day in particular we went all the way out to um, Calabasas. It was about 10 o'clock in the morning. We're out in Calabasas. We're at a Whole Foods, and we meet Rob Schneider, <laughs> Deuce Bigelow himself sitting there at the coffee bar at a Whole Foods. And Rob Schneider tells John he wants to make a movie with him. And he's going to get Adam Sandler's people on board to produce. And he's going to get the Simpsons writers on board to write. And he wants to do this movie. Um, and and he, he needed, uh, what did he want? He wanted. No, he wanted yeah, he's like, hey, if you want to do this movie, you've got to commit. you got to commit. And you got to like, in the game. But first, the preface, preface the story, he was, uh, he, he started talking about uh, him and his wife are, are going to Europe because his wife's doing a TV the Netflix, show. The Netflix show, yeah. Doing a TV show and said he's going to be here a while, whatever. 
and he was leaving Wednesday. And he was like, do you want to commit? We're going to do this movie or whatever. And, you know, he says, give me $35,000 before I leave Wednesday and we'll jump right. right on the script. That's right. And I said, we got to lock the writers in. These guys are on in demand. We got to lock them in. Yeah. He was going to get yeah, Sandler's writers and bring Adam, you know, Adam Sandler on and whatever. And everybody was hyped up. Gerard and, um, uh, Genovesian, our agent at the time was high. I mean, this is, this is Rob freaking Steiner, Saturday night live, 30 movies. He flat out says, he's like, I want to do a movie with you guys. Let's go. I'm like, yes, let's do it. Let's do this. This is phenomenal. Yes. And I, uh, I walked outside and looked at Genovesian and told him, says, I'm not paying for that son of a trip to damn Europe. No, you, 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 <laughs> you MNF'd him. You took one of the most powerful agents in, <laughs> in LA and MNF'd him in the freaking, uh, Whole Foods, <laughs> in the Whole Foods parking lot. And I'm not paying for this, some bitches. Uh, and yeah. I'm sitting here like, oh, well, uh, what? And it was yeah. just, no matter what we did, you know, no matter what we did that whole trip, we met we met with uh, Johnny Galecki's people. We met with so many people, and, and I and I came away. I was like, man, this is this is really cool. A lot of people want to do some real business here, and you were like, they're full of shit. <laughs> There's nothing, <laughs> nothing could impress this guy at all. Nothing could excite excite him. We met with Howie Mandel. How yeah? What was the Howie's part? Howie's the uh, Rich Thurber from Jersey. Rich Good Thurber, dude. Yeah, he's my boy now. Rich Thurber's a good dude, man. His son yeah. does a his son does a lot of content for like Unilad. His son's got got some good content. His son's got like a big time uh, TikTok account too. They're doing some good stuff over there. He signed a whole bunch of uh. They he I got to give Howie Mandel credit when a lot of other people were you know scoffing at YouTube stars and influencers. Howie Mandel scooped them up. Like he signed King Bach. He signed a couple of guys and and he has them working out of his studio. So I mean he he who's King a, Bach. King King Batch King Batch I guess King he's um he's like a, a he, he's one of those guys who was huge on Vine like Logan Paul and then you know when Vine went away he made the transition over to YouTube he's got a massive following um yeah King, King B A C H you know but how he how he signed those guys um now I, do you do you remember what happened in Howie's studio <laughs> they 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 tricked me uh. You know, this was our like this was our last meeting of the day, and we had we had driven all the way from Manhattan Beach to um, where we're he was he was at, way out there. Um, his studio is where they they shoot all the porn all the time. Uh, where, where the hell? Van Nuys. Yeah, Van Nuys and Van Nuys. Yeah. We, we had driven through traffic. I was the cheap son of a bitch, so we got off. <laughs> Howie's the cheap son of a bitch, so we got office in Van Nuys. Yeah, how, how we made to do with. <laughs> How he makes fifty million, fifty million a year, but his his studio is all the way out in Van Nuys, yeah. next to, next to a uh, a garage that does that pimps people's rides. But yeah. you know, we we had, you had taken me to eat in that phenomenal place out in Manhattan Beach, uh, overlooking the Pacific, and it, it was gorgeous that place. And uh, but then we were in in the car sitting through traffic, and I was getting the bubble guts, man. And we go, and b- before we meet everybody, I, I got to use the bathroom. And they said we're we're a green company. We're a green company. Uh, so the bathroom is the, the, the to activate the water uh, in in the toilet. You have to clap three times. 
So me, me being the gullible dumbass that I am, I'm sitting there pooping in Howie Mandel's office, and I'm clapping to try to to activate the water. It was a prank. All I was doing was letting everybody else in the office know that I was pooping. <laughs> he was messing with you. Yeah, yeah. Well, there was a sign. So anybody that comes in and uses the bathroom in order to activate the, the water in the toilet, you have to clap. So here I am sitting with my pants around my ankles in Howie Mandel's studio, just clapping like a moron seal. Yeah, <laughs> letting Howie Mandel. Yeah, this. this, this yeah, this fat asshole from Jersey's pooping in your bathroom, dude. Yeah, server was uh, Michael Jackson's attorney. Get out of here, really? Yeah. Rich is a cool cat, man. Rich is yeah. Rich is a cool cat. I know that he's like he's supposed to be like really good friends with Bruce Springsteen, apparently. Oh, really? Yeah. He has a lot of cats. He was in the music business, I think, for fifteen years. Well, hell, I mean, if you're yeah, Michael Jackson's yeah. attorney, it's tough to get bigger. Yeah, he was huge. Wow. Yeah, he, he wouldn't talk. The thing about it is, he wouldn't talk anything about Mike. Nothing. He wouldn't. Mm. Remember, we thought, asked him a few yeah. questions. Yeah. He wouldn't say a word about him. Attorney-client uh, privilege. Yeah. Right. Yeah. That was hey, true. So, I mean, George. So, tell us the other impress. We're trying to uh, start doing some podcasts. We, uh, Caroline Majavik. She's she's got a, a Mother Crushers podcast. She's doing, we're trying, we're going to, uh, Midge, start Midge and uh, Corey. Yeah. Corey and Corey Ranji. Uh, we're going to start, uh, we're going to start airing that through our network and trying to get, uh, Darren to do one Southern mama. And then with unimpressed, we're going to have catfish cooling on. We, um, each week, every time we do an episode to, uh, get him involved and, have a segment for him, so he's going to be a host on on this show with us. But we're trying to get the kinks out um, for this thing. But hopefully, this this is going to work. It looks like this program's working pretty good. So we're yeah. going to get the artwork and everything done. Yeah, just got to say what's up to everybody in the comments. I see everybody commenting. You know, obviously. You know, John and I are just trying out this new program. So, you know, eventually we'll, we'll be able to say what's up to you and, and answer some of your questions and stuff in the comments. But, you know, I don't want to be looking down the whole time. So, you know, but I do want to give a shout out to uh, what's up to Tracy Cooner Federoff. What's happening? Karen Hudson Benton. Thanks for tuning in. Michael Thompson. What's up, my man? Uh, Sue Conklin. Sue, Sue, don't, don't think we don't see this stuff. Thank you so much for always liking and sharing our stuff. This is without you guys, none of this, none of this would work. So I want to thank you from the bottom of my heart. You know, people like Sue, don't, don't think we don't see you. You're always in the comments. You're always sharing it. Thank you, Sue. And thank you. Everybody likes Sue. Um, you know, April Presley, appreciate all of you. I really do. And, uh, I mean, that's one of the cool things about this job, John, you know, is, is, you know, we do the meet and greets after the shows. Like, not many, not many shows that you know. I've worked with a lot of comics, as John knows. Before I was, you know, um, with Bang, you know, I was very lucky to to you know work throughout the New York City circuit. I was the, the weekend host at, at Dangerfields, and you know, did some really cool stuff. I've opened for you know Todd Barry. I opened for Kevin Hart. Like, I, I did some cool stuff, man. But one of the really really cool things about working with the Bang acts. You know, headliners that are like Catfish Cooley and Darren Knight and Carol Ann and Andrew Kahn, Ginger Billy, they are so generous with their time. Uh, and, 
you know, how that they're willing, even after a two hour show to stick around for another hour, hour and a half to do a meet and greet and wait and talk to every single person that, that, uh, that wants to do the VIP meet and greet, man. I think that's a really, really cool thing. And it shows the connection that, uh, that the acts and the audience have. So it's, it's really something that's, that's really special. And, and it's not something you see everywhere. I'm ta- I, you know, from somebody that's been in, in the business, you know, uh, eight years now, you know, it, it's not, you don't see it often. You know, there, there aren't, you know, Pete Davidson's not sticking around after his show at Caroline's to, to meet the audience for 90 minutes, you know, but Catfish and Caroline do. And it's just something that, you know, I've always really marveled at. Well, you know, I think, um, I think most of our, our people are just down to earth, down to earth people. And, you know, we started that, but we started that blueprint with Darren. I mean, it's, uh, you know, we developed that and, um, you know, we, when we develop a new tour or whatever, and, you know, we try to keep the same formula and, you know, and I think, uh, given the fans access, um, uh, is a good thing. I think it's uh, very personable and uh, tries to give, you know, we want to make sure everybody uh, give them a bang for their buck per se. (laughs) Pun intended. (laughs) (laughs) Bang for your buck. You know, it's crazy. Um, The first time I I worked one of your shows, uh, you called me up and you were like, I I got this guy and I think he's going to be huge, but he's a little bit green. Um, He's got a massive online following. We're going to do some shows in North Carolina. Uh, you think you can come down, do some time, and, and uh, try to, try to you know, get the crowd going for him a little bit. I'm like, you know what, man? Fine. Um, you know, you just got to pay my way. I can't lose money on this. I'm, I'm going to, you know, I got I got two shows at Dangerfields I'm doing. So just, you know, cover, cover whatever I would have made on that, bring me down. And I thought I was going to come do some, some bar show for for some open micer man and i come down and we are in was that in raleigh north carolina it was somewhere in north carolina and dude there was a line around the friggin block this this place was huge there was like 600 people standing room only did five shows at, at, at complete capacity uh, you know, opening for Darren Knight, and, and I was like, I don't know what the hell you're doing, John, but it's not comedy. This was rock and roll, man. This was this was on a whole nother level of anything that I had ever seen before. I was so blown away uh, by the energy that the audience had. I was so blown away. Um, you know, th- th- it was just so different than what I was used to in New York. In New York, you know, the the it's almost like you talk over the audience, you know, you forget about the crowd and you're always talking to the back of the room. You want to talk to, to management. You want to talk to agencies. You want, you know, every, every joke you do is not to be funny. It's to be, Oh, look, can I write on your late night show? You know? And, um, you know, this was just, the audience was so into it. The audience wanted to be there. They were there to have such a good time. And I was hooked, man. It made it, you, you kind of ruined comedy for me because it made it impossible to go back to the New York grind of doing, you know, 20 shows a week uh, for audiences that were, you know, basically tourist trapped into, you know, (laughs) it was tourists that got hustled into, to a club, you know, Hey, free tickets. Dave Chappelle's going to drop in. Oh yeah. Let's go there. Oh, by the way, it's a two drink minimum and every drink's 15 bucks. So, you know, 
Um, I was talking to a dude named Jimmy Fallon, who was kind of like uh, my comedy rabbi at the time. And, uh, you know, now he has his own show on, on Fox. He's doing great. Jimmy's a great dude. You know, he's a, a weekly contributor on uh, the Kennedy show on Fox News. But I was telling him, I was like, dude, I go down to, I go down south and, I, and I'm killing it. And I come up north and I'm like, I'm doing the same jokes and, and it's not landing. And he goes, dude, if you're not one of the first three comics up on one of these shows, it doesn't matter how funny you are. By the fourth, fifth comic, people start realizing Tina Fey is not showing up. And this free ticket is going to end up costing them 200 bucks. They're pissed off. You know, it doesn't matter how funny you are. These people are getting, their people are getting gypped at these clubs. So, you know, it, it was such a breath of fresh air, but it kind of ruined it for me, man. You, you know, yeah. you, you, uh, you gave me the red pill, like, like Neo in the Matrix. And I, I just, I, I could never look at the New York comedy scene the same ever again. Well, they, they have their own, they, they have their own way of, uh, doing things. And, um, you know, I, uh, I, I've tried to get, get involved with them a few times and, you know, they, they have their uh, pattern of business, uh, which is obviously different because I guess, I guess when we started me not knowing comedy, we kind of created our own formula mm -hmm. and, uh, not knowing what the rest of the industry did, I think was a, a blessing in disguise. And, um, I think that's why we've had some of the success we've had. Yeah, there's no doubt about it. There's no doubt about it. Um, you know, it, it, it's just and and the way that you run, uh, you know, the, the the bang tours is just so different than the way that we're taught to, you know, the way that we're taught to to do it by the old timers, man. And it's and it's a shame because there's some really, really, really funny people, uh, like massively funny people that I've worked with that. You know, they, they'll just never make content. They think making Facebook and YouTube videos is beneath them. Um, you know, they, they think, you know, interacting with and listening to the audience is, is not what, what you should be doing. Like, it, it's it, it, if just saying it out loud is like so crazy in 2020 to not, you know, to operate this way, you know. But I mean, imagine a scenario. I mean, you, should never, you should never put a limitation on visibility. You know what I'm saying? Why would you put limitations on visibility? Because being famous is eyeballs. Mm -hmm. Being famous in catching somebody's eye that you can entertain is is how many people see you at one time or or over the internet, wherever it is. I mean, you know, you got to create a brand for yourself, and the more people that see you as a as a comedian and a brand. That builds the name. So I think uh, putting a limit on visibility is um, almost like cutting your nose off to spite your face. Well, yeah. I mean, look look at this live. Look at look at this live. You're you're coming from your house. I'm coming from my house. Um, you know, we're gonna talk just just normal dudes talking, and a thousand people, two thousand people are gonna see it. When I was working the clubs uh, once a month in Atlantic City, you know, I had the residency with AC Jokes and I would do Tropicana. I would do Caesars Pier. You know, I would do um, the Taj. I'm doing these 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 big casinos down in Atlantic City and they'd be sold out shows, dude, sold out shows of 250, 300 people. So in a, in a weekend, if you did three shows at three Atlantic City casinos, you talk. You would have a chance to talk to nine hundred people, maybe. And here we are, 
talking to more than that. You know, that that's really the miracle of, of embracing this technology, embracing social media, you know, embracing this model. You know, it, it's, you know, but but what do you think? Do you th- there's also a risk of overexposure, you think, right? One, no. No? I'm, I'm trying to I'm trying to look at our socials right now. Okay. See where we're at. Um, why would you think there would be that for... Uh, too much. What do you, I mean, what, what is that? I don't you know. Well, like during, 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 during the quarantine, there's guys going live twice a day, every day. I think that that's too much. I think that they're overexposing themselves. And I think um, the social media audience can get fatigued. If you're, if you're just, if you're just bored, you know, and you're, you don't have uh, a plan in place, like, like a, a specific topic you want to talk about. Like, like I, I think that there's so much, information out there and there's so much that people can do to find um you know time the stimulus to to fill their their time you know Mm -hmm. i think you need to be respectful of that and and you know have have something in mind to entertain you know these people you know like i want to be your i want to be your go-to poop person that that's what i want to be in your career i every time that you go to take a poop I want you to sit down and look at my Facebook page. I want you to sit down and look at my Instagram. I want I want to be the entertainment. I want to be the TV you watch while you poop. That's that that's my noble goal, you know. And in order to do that, I, I think you gotta you gotta take people's attention seriously and take their time seriously and respect it and make sure that you you have some something interesting for them and you're not just sitting there like, well, yeah, was, uh, you know, like I I don't like people that just that just kind of are, are attention starved and they're not actually trying to curate any, anything new. Does that make sense? Yeah. Yeah. Well, I mean, it, I think people are going crazy because of this quarantine as well. Um, you know, uh, so they, you know, comedians have, comedians have a lot to say. <laughs> uh, <laughs> comedians have a lot to say. And um, I, don't know, I don't know what you're talking they, about. I don't know. When they can't communicate <laughs> the normal ways they communicate, whether it's a live show or whatever it is, I think a lot of that energy gets pent up and uh, they want to express themselves in different ways depending on who they are as a person and, and what they're about. I mean, we're attention junkies, man. We're attention junkies. We need our fix. I mean, imagine the type of person you have to be to, to not only want to, but think you deserve to stand on stage, turn the rest of the lights off on everybody. The only lights are on me, and I'm the only person allowed to talk for the next 30 minutes. You know, like yeah. that's, you know, you got to be, there's definitely yeah, a, 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 every, every comedian, you know, once they become a comedian, they become the uh, 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 aficionado of politics. We <laughs> are the smartest people on earth. <laughs> They've become the most political political personality in the world. Once they, be, I think, I think if you are a comedian, you have you become polit- you're, you know everything about politics after you become a comedian as well. Well, I think <laughs> you know you, you you train yourself as a comedian. There, there is a reason for that. You train yourself to look for the deeper meaning in things, right? So, like where other people, you know, don't see remedial issues, you know, we we see 
Like, we're trained to look in depth on these things. We're also, the idea of comedy is to speak truth to power. That's what everybody's always talking about, is use your platform to speak truth to power. And that's, you know, one of the big issues that's happening today is, is the only time you can ever speak truth to power is if you're on one message, you know, and that's the only that's the only message that that is allowed to get out there. So there you get a lot of pushback against that. You know, we're um, we're the class clowns. We, we were anti-authoritarian. You can't tell us what to say. You can't tell us what to do. Um, and, and those of us that don't end up that don't end up in jail, they we channel that uh, rebellious nature into um you know, into speaking our, our truth, as it were, man. You know? We're gonna uh, catfish on here? Yeah, absolutely, man. Let me say, I don't know. He didn't. I don't know. We're, we're supposed to have catfish on here today, and I, we apologize. We're trying to figure out the technical process um, of this uh, software we got. And uh, it's pretty good stuff. It's pretty good stuff. Uh, so maybe Friday is our air date. So we'll say every Friday at, what do you think? What's our air date? Every Friday at 5 p.m.? Yeah, I'm cool with that. Happy so hour? Friday, yeah. Every Friday at 5 p.m., the Unimpressed crack, Podcast. Crack a beer open, get ready for the weekend, and hear uh, our real stories from our unreal lives. Yeah, here's talking about something, but uh, I don't know. We want to. Um, are we shutting it down? We've been on air. How long have we been on air? We've been on air about uh, forty three minutes. I think that's good, man. Forty five is a good a good runtime for me. All right, cool, cool. So thanks for thanks everybody for being patient with us. We're trying to figure this out. Look for more podcasts on our network where we have the Mother Crushers. We're going to try to get Darren Southern Mama up and running uh, with him. Um, and then obviously we'll have Catfish on this this podcast here. So look for us every Friday at 5 p.m. Now, John, is the, is the is the plan here to also pull the audio if people are driving in their cars or something like that? They can download the audio and listen to it in their car. Or are we gonna is are we gonna put this up on like uh, Spotify or iTunes or something? Yeah, absolutely. We'll uh, we'll be putting the podcast um, up through the normal channels as an audio file. Cool. And um, look for us, the Unimpressed Podcast. We'll be doing. We'll put this one. This will be our first episode. We'll put this one up. Yeah, we'll- yeah. We'll start doing one of these every week. So stay tuned and uh, just trying to bring you all some more content on the network, the Bang Network, and I think it's going to work out well. Yeah, man. Yeah, this was fun. Um, any any closing words, Gerard? No, John, this is this is great. I've been looking forward to this for a long time. Uh, I think the, the really cool thing is once we get into a rhythm here, um, you know, you've lived such such a unique life and I've lived such a unique life and you know, it, it's really cool to be able to to tell the stories to some people that, you know, that are interested in, in, in you know, kind of the behind the scenes stuff and entertainment, how people get into entertainment. And, and also, you know, the Bang Network is such a tight knit network, you know, the ability to tell some, you know, behind the scenes stuff and give people, you know, the inside scoop on some of their their favorite acts that they've been following for years is, is really, really, really cool. Like I can tell people they, you know, pe- first thing people ask me, 
all the time when they find out that I'm on tour with Catfish is like, is he really like that? Like, is that a, is that an act? Yo, that is Catfish Cooley. Catfish Cooley is the coolest dude of all time. Like he is a brilliant, I call him, I call him my redneck philosopher. He, he, he says something at least once a day while we're on tour that makes me go, damn, that's smart, man. And he is real and genuine. And, and, and you know, that, that stuff is the type of stuff like, I'll be honest with you. I'll be honest with you. I got, I, I'm, I got no reason to lie about anything. If anybody has any comments and they want to know what was it like, you know, like, you know, I, I'll tell you the truth, you know, and I'll tell you with Catfish, man, you can be proud to follow a dude like that because he's just as real as it comes, man. He's a cool cat, dude, you know. So I figure that the behind the scenes stuff is, is, is something that these people deserve, John, and I'm excited to give it to them. Yeah, I think once we figure out how to do these call-ins, we can, <laughs> we can have all these people. And catfish, yeah. if you're out there, we're supposed to have you on, but I, we couldn't figure it out. We had a little rough start this morning, but um, we'll figure it out. And um, I think it's going to be be a good thing. Don't judge. Uh, I think it'll, it'll give more, I think, people who kind of judge a book by its cover, I think this will give more enlightenment uh, to some of the personalities that we have in our circle and uh, just you know, give some more entertainment to everybody that's involved with the Bang Network. So we're we're excited about doing that. Yeah, and also I think we're gonna we're gonna eventually mix in some uh celebrities, some celebrity guests too. So I, you know, it, it'll be yeah, look, the people that follow us deserve, you know, everything that we could possibly give them. And I think that th- this is gonna be something that they're gonna end up really looking forward to every week. Like I said, thanks, guys, and um, look again for the Unoppressed Podcast, and we'll... Whoops. I guess we'll be <laughs> oh, no, that's the big brother homing down on me. John's got his John's got his X videos popping up in the background. Yeah. All right, then. Well, until uh, next time, Gerard, all right, we'll holler you later. Later, John. Check out bangproductionstv.com for all your entertainment information. Hold up. What was that? Boring. No flavor. That was as bad as those leftovers you ate all week. Kiki Palmer here, and it's time to say hello to something fresh and guilt-free. Hello Fresh. Jazz up dinner with pecan crusted chicken or garlic butter shrimp scampi. Now that's music to my mouth. Hello Fresh. Let's get this dinner party started. Discover all the delicious possibilities at HelloFresh.com.